0: Wednesday, July 4th, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, today is Independence Day, 4th of July. It is our nation's 242nd birthday. Harry, the providence of God established this great nation And, obviously, the providence of God will take us forward. Give us your thoughts on our beginnings and where do we go from here.
1: One of the reasons that this country celebrates July the 4th was the exhortation of the primary author of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, who said every year the country ought to celebrate its birthdays with fireworks and celebrations and parades, etc., Interestingly, he was also supported by then his colleague and friend, John Adams, but they would later, out of John Adams' term as president, they would begin a little bit on the opposite sides of the fence in terms of the proper role of the executive branch. Thomas Jefferson ran against John Adams and defeated him in a very close race. The one who wrote the Declaration of Independence, the one who encouraged him to write it and was his supporter in the write of it, John Adams, and Thomas Jefferson, the writer, were friends, then became political opponents, but always kept a concern for each other. Interestingly, both died on July the 4th in the same year, and both of them, in their dying words, asked about the other. Also, when I think of July the 4th, I think of the providence of God that gave birth to this nation and the providence of God that has maintained and matured this nation. This has been called, rightly, the American experiment. I'd like to recommend a book to our listeners today, Tom, and that is the book Indivisible by Os Guinness. I think they would find that extremely insightful. And in that book, he identifies a number of things. What I believe are the three profound movements that have affected this nation, the Great Awakening from 1735 to 1765, which drastically affected the Christian world and life view and its dominant impact throughout our country. Not that everyone was a Christian by any means. The world and life view that was guiding the country was clearly a biblical. Biblical world in life view, which led to the biblical understanding that the best rule of a people is law, not another person. With a republic that is a law in which people elect their representatives who take oaths to a constitution, a law, and their job is to apply the law, you now have a king that is the law. That's exactly the book that had the great impact, the book of Samuel Rutherford and Lex Rex and that is the law is king. We are quite the experiment that the law could be king in a democratic process of electing our representatives and while they represent people and care for the people, their oath of allegiance is to the Constitution. And then secondly, that world in life view was then buttressed by the second Great Awakening from seventeen eighty five that lasted till about eighteen eighty with the numerous revivals throughout our country in regions and nationally and that not only maintained our view of liberty that is bounded within law, law is what keeps liberty from becoming anarchy, but that you apply law and the purpose of law is to protect liberty, the inalienable rights that God has given to man, and the government doesn't grant those rights but protects them, and the maturing of that so that uh, eventually the stupidity of enslaving people and not protecting their rights as was done to the Africans that were brought to this country That was eventually abolished. And then the protecting of their rights and their attempt to control them with Jim Crow laws, that was eventually abolished. And I think it is actually the First Amendment of free speech and the free practice of religion that not only maintained the freedoms of this American experiment and its government structure through multiple crises, but also matured them. And then the third great movement was the affirmation of the Bill of Rights, which protects all of those liberties. Then I would say there were three times that the founder of this country, as you celebrate July the 4th, you might remember George Washington, the three no's of George Washington, that is N-O-apostrophe-S. Number one, the pastor who had prayed for the Continental Congress and his prayers read regularly, it was a glorious prayer, after Philadelphia was conquered, was persuaded to write a letter to George Washington at Valley Forge encouraging him to surrender and George Washington said no. And then when George Washington had the opportunity, because of chaos in the nation, to not be a president, but to be a dictator, to be a quote unquote king, and he said no. The way he said no humbled those who were trying to force him to say yes. And then thirdly, when he refused a third term in office, but said no to the third term, and brought forth not a legislative, but a precedent establishing to limited terms to the office that now stands as a law, but back then he set the precedent. Those three no's of George Washington, I think, ought to be celebrated. And then finally, Tom, I think we ought to celebrate the ingenious of the constitutional infrastructure that has been established, where the law is executed by an executive office. As we noted in yesterday's program, it is applied by the judiciary, and then laws are made and amended by a legislature. And all three branches are populated through an approval process of either elections or appointments by those who have been elected. You have that replicated at three levels, the local level, the state level, and the national level. And the Constitution clearly declares that the power does not start at the national level and is granted to the state level and from the state to the local, but it is in the other direction. The Bill of Rights affirms the rights of the states and the powers of the federal government are only those that have been granted by the states. I find that very ingenious, but most of all, I am grateful this July the 4th that God has extended his providence and that there has been the blessing of God with these gospel awakenings, and I am praying for a third gospel awakening. I'm laboring for it. I'm praying for it so that we see the transforming grace of God and the country is made from the ground up through changed lives as the Lord Jesus saves us not only from sins, guilt, and shame, and brings us from a destiny of eternal destruction in hell to the glorious blessing of eternal life. I pray that for everyone that's listening, and if you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ, that would be the greatest liberty that you could celebrate this July the 4th. And in the meantime, I also want to labor for God's common grace, that he would restrain our society from the inevitable demise that we see in every culture. There are two tipping points that I try to share from A Christian World in Life. One is every movement at the 40 to 80 year mark almost always begins to descend downward as it loses its moorings from its origination. You see that in the book of Judges, the nation of Israel was in desperate need of a judge who would lead them back to godliness and righteousness and wisdom and a revival. But you also see in the affairs of nations that most nations only last 150 to 250 years. Their death from the outside was preceded by the death from the inside. And the death from the inside was not some major apostasy. It was simply the death of a thousand cuts as the moral center and gravitas of the nation is lost. I believe the gravitas of this nation has been the imperfect but steady influence of the evangelical church for Jesus Christ. I am a patriot. I love the gospel to go to all the nations, but I do, like the reformers, pray for the gospel to go to my own nation. Calvin sent 1,300 missionaries to France, and the French Huguenot Church was born. Knox said, give me Scotland or I die. Latimer and Ridley said, As they were dying in the flames at Oxford, said, We are lighting a candle for Christ that shall not be put out in all of England. I pray for the same thing in my own country. He has placed me in a nation, and I with the psalmist this July the 4th say, praise God, the lines of life have fallen to me in a goodly place. But I pray that God would grant this place repentance, and we would see this devolution of society reversed through the power of the gospel as men and women are changed from the inside out. God, by His grace, would change this nation from the inside out. And we would again say, let freedom roll and let justice come down like waters.
0: As we close out for today, let me remind our listeners, it's easy to subscribe to Today in Perspective. On your tablet or your smartphone, go to your iTunes icon, type in Today in Perspective with Harry Reader each and every weekday on your podcast icon Will automatically download a new edition of Today in Perspective. We'll do stop by again tomorrow, Thursday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.